tuned for The Lynn Show. Today, I'm airing an interview with the impossible to define Monica Cross. I'm interviewing Monica because I recently saw a reading of her play, The Wonder of Our Stage, at the new play festival at the Players Theater. Monica's play won, and so she will have a full production next year. And at that time, I will ask Monica to talk about not only this play, but her experience as a playwright. In this interview, Monica will describe all of the things that she does for theater and tell how that occurred. It's a really interesting story, so hang on. Here come the show. Hearing from an inner voice person somebody else told you you were or told you that you had to be. Not even the person you may currently think you are, but the person you really are. Unfortunately, too many people have experiences in their childhood which discourage them from being everything that they actually are and can be. In my show, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art, 
Because when you listen to them, you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. And in this interview, Monica makes the point that it is possible for someone to be everything by describing all of the things that she is and is continuing to become. Monica demonstrates for us what it is possible for someone to be. And here now, describing this extraordinary life is Monica Cross. Okay, I'm here with Monica Cross, and I'm explaining to Monica that I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. Since I saw your play, The Wonder of Our Stage, I'm making the assumption the art to which you are obviously spending a good deal of your life is the art of writing. Is that true? Actually, I am a theater maker generally. I am the production manager and technical director at New College of Florida for their small black box theater. I act a bit. Um, I direct quite a bit. I have done costume design. I have run lights, sound, built sets. So I can do just about any part of theater. And most recently, I have turned that towards playwriting. So are you saying that this is your first play? This is my first full-length play. Really? Yes. Wow. Well, you started at the top as far as I'm concerned. But, um, but okay, so then the question is, of all of these arts with which you are making your living and your life, do you know which one was first? Uh, I think costume design came first. When I was a child, my mother would sew a lot. She would make my Easter dress and my Halloween costume. So I was constantly playing dress up. When is the first time you remember being aware of or drawn to costume? There are pictures of me as a toddler, I think maybe three, mm -hmm. as the black cat to my mother's Wicked Witch costume. <laughs> <laughs> I was always like, when can I dress up? How can I dress up? Where can we make more costumes? Okay. So, uh, so costume design begins the process. And then what happens? What's next? In elementary school, I was in school plays. Do you see theater? I mean, so do you have a context for this? The town that I grew up in is very small. Um, and also uh, very economically depressed. So there weren't a lot of examples and there weren't a lot of opportunities. Um, so the first live production that I saw, my father drove me roughly two hours to go and see A Midsummer Night's Dream when I was 11. Wow. Um, and it was amazing. Uh, he would take me every year to see the one Shakespeare that was being done as a sort of uh, Shakespeare in the park. And so I saw Midsummer, and I saw Romeo and Juliet, and The Tempest, and Hamlet, and those were really important for uh, the foundations of my understanding of what theater making is, because with Romeo and Juliet, they just had a scaffold. They didn't have an elaborate set with like pieces that moved in and out to show the various locations. They had this scaffold with a staircase in the center, and a ladder on one side, and a couple of different levels of platforms, 
And I was blown away. <laughs> you know, you could, I, I had no idea that you could say like, and now I'm in Mantua. And all of a sudden you were in Mantua. And I loved it. Um, and okay, so, uh, how old were you? That I would have probably been about 12 yeah. when I saw that. Right. Um, and it really changed how I understood theater. But it was also, like I said, maybe my second time seeing even just adults do theater. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter because it is what captured you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and so then uh, when I was about, I would say, 12 or 13, the, a local group tried to start a community theater in my town. And so my dad, for whatever reason, he'd seen the auditions and said, oh, you should audition for this. So my sister and I and he auditioned. Wow. <laughs> and we all got cast. <laughs> um, my sister became Tiny Tim um, because she was, uh, I think, maybe the only child who had auditioned. Um, and I, being a rather tall uh, preteen, um, was too young to be any of the adults but too tall to be any of the children so i played the ghost of christmas future <laughs> and they put me in a giant hood um and i pointed really dramatically and then my father played a number of bit parts he just fell into it because he thought that we would enjoy it so he went out with us and so we all did it together yeah, so how did you like it i really enjoyed it it was Fun and complicated and, you know, because I was sort of this one thing that comes in at the end, I could see everything that was happening backstage, people going back and forth. And that's the complicated that I, yeah. I mean, the watching the entire production that you don't realize is happening backstage yeah. um, when you just see the finished product on stage. Um, and so that was uh, really informative and very interesting. But that group only stayed together for a couple of years. Um, and my high school didn't have any theater. Wow. Um, so I took a couple of years of chorus um, in middle school and high school. It, it, really, you had no reference, really, right? Mm -hmm. So at any point, were you thinking, I'd really like to do something in theater? Not really. I had had a, an interesting conversation with my father when I was probably in like first or second grade, where he said, if you want to pursue the arts, have a career first. If you can make money with your hobby, then great, but always have a career to fall back on, which sounded like very smart advice. He placed life in the arts as a hobby right then yes. and there. Yes, but then, you know, in high school, I was, I was taking art classes, I was drawing, um, I do some painting with watercolors, particularly as like part of my costume design work. And my parents were very supportive. They were like, oh my goodness, this is so great. Um, so when I went off to college, I went off to college to study English, but to study English to teach. Mm -hmm. um, and and all, still not thinking theater. Not thinking theater, but always thinking Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because Shakespeare was such a huge part of my self-education. Because there isn't much to do in the town that I grew up in, my parents, both of them, are taking me to the public library constantly. And one day, I'm at the library and my dad says, well, you've been in a bunch of school plays, 
and you like medieval stuff. Um, I had gone to the Hogtown Medieval Fair over in Gainesville um, once, and I I thought it was brilliant. Um, And my dad's like, so you'll like Shakespeare. (laughs) And so we got a video from the video section of the library and took it home, and I watched it, and I was like, yes, this is great. I don't know, you know, I was 10, I don't know that I... What was it? Uh, That one was Taming of the Shrew. Maybe not the best play to choose for your 10-year-old daughter, but uh, entertaining. And so that summer, between third and fourth grade, or fourth and fifth grade, um, I watched, I think, probably 12 Shakespearean plays on film. Wow. Um, So I went into middle school... Sort of the, <laughs> the Shakespeare scholar in, the, yes, in residence. Right. Not even realizing that, like, Shakespeare wasn't commonplace for everyone. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd, I'd talk to adults and be like, yes, well, I saw Much Ado this week. And I think that Much Ado About Nothing is much better than, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so that was why I wanted to teach. Because this, the high school that I went to is the only high school in the county um, and it, it they struggle and so I didn't really get to talk about Shakespeare in high school the way that you're supposed to. Right. I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna read Romeo and Juliet or we're gonna watch a movie version and not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and so I, I went to college thinking I'm gonna teach but I did four years of literature actually here at New College. That's where I did my undergrad. And I was taking classes on dramatic literature pretty heavily. Shakespeare, adaptations of Shakespeare, early modern plays by people that weren't Shakespeare but writing at the same time as him. So while I was studying that, um, there was a group called the American Shakespeare Center um, that is based out of uh, Stanton, Virginia. And they have a touring company that travels all over the U.S. And during the four years that I was a student, they came to New College. And every year they would do two different plays and uh, usually like a comedy and a tragedy. And I would go and watch all of them. They um, try to recreate some of the conventions that Shakespeare was writing for. So Shakespeare wrote for an outdoor theater. So they perform in a big hall with all the lights on so that the audience and the actors are in the same space and they actually can talk to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a very interactive way to do th- Shakespeare. So as I was graduating from New College, I thought, well, I need to figure out what I'm doing next. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really know what the next step is. But this theater company is really interesting, and I wonder what they are doing. Uh, I find out that the college that is right next to them, um, at the time it was Mary Baldwin College, now they've changed their name to Mary Baldwin University, um, offers a master's program in Shakespeare and performance. You can go for two years, get a master's degree in Shakespeare and performance, and then go on to a PhD, or you can stay for a third year and get an MFA. Wow in Shakespeare and performance. So I tell myself, I'm going for two years, then I'm going to go on to a PhD, and this is the path that I am taking. No, wait, I, I just want to stop you, because uh, this comes out of the clear blue sky. This is not in your plan. This is not, right? Yeah, I mean, from the time that I first was introduced to Shakespeare, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> Shakespeare. But I kept 
telling myself that like I'm teaching English and you know so at new college I'm like oh well maybe rather than teaching high school maybe I could teach college so I would go on and get a PhD and so I'm I'm choosing all of these things that are around theater well they're, um, they're doing what your father said they're thinking yes. in terms of career Mm -hmm. Right. But Shakespeare doesn't leave you. <laughs> right. I go to Mary Baldwin and very quickly I realize that um, this program is very focused on acting. Yeah. It's focused on directing. It's focused on dramaturgy. And actually, I think that that is the thing that it is best at. It is brilliant in terms of Shakespearean dramaturgy. But a lot of the shows are sort of being done in street clothes, actor blacks, that sort of thing. Uh, and... Here I am with my sewing machine and, you know, my mom's skill set. And so I offer to uh, do the costumes for um, a number of shows. And over the course of like three years, I've costumed seven or nine productions um, wow. that the, the graduate students are doing while I'm there, in addition to my full complement of classes and in addition to my thesis work and, and in addition to acting yeah, yeah, and directing, say, right. Um, right. you know, taking classes on dramaturgy. Um, at that time I did take a class on playwriting and uh, I really enjoyed that class, but hadn't really done much with it. During that time, in addition to working on productions, taking classes on all of the different pieces and parts of theater. I was also observing productions, either in rehearsal or going to see plays at the American Shakespeare Center, other graduate productions. I interned in the costume shop for a season and helped out with costumes on shows like Hamlet and the importance of being earnest. I was just trying to learn as much as I could. And when I... Um, did my MFA thesis, it was on costume design in Shakespeare. And in particular, how to double, you know, a one actor playing multiple parts and using costumes to sort of indicate which part they're now playing. Now we're in Mantua. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and I, I did costume design for a five-person production of a play called The Sea Voyage, which is not by Shakespeare, but by John Fletcher and Philip Massinger, um, who were writing at the same time as, as Shakespeare. And the Sea Voyage is a really fun piece because it is kind of like The Tempest, but rather than having one island, there are two islands. And rather than having one shipwreck, there are two shipwrecks. <laughs> and rather than having only one female character, there is this entire tribe of Amazon women. Um, and my five actors had to play both pirates and Amazon women um, and sometimes jump back and forth between them. Uh, and so that's what I, I did my, my thesis on. At any point, are you rethinking your goal? Yeah, between my first and second year, I had made the decision that I didn't want a PhD. Oh. Um, I really enjoy academia um, but the idea of a dissertation and, you know, it just didn't feel like the thing that I wanted. Um, and here was this other path where I could stay here, I could go through this other course of study, and then I could end with my MFA at the end of 
an extra year rather than going into a PhD program where I would be there for another five. I understand all of that reasoning. I wonder if you weren't also closing in on what you really wanted to do. Exactly. And because my high school did not have any theater classes, New College at the time didn't have much in the way of theater. I think there was maybe, I think there were two productions uh, that were put on by students during the entire time that I was there. I auditioned for one of them, didn't get cast, it didn't happen. So, um, so I hadn't done any performance in seven or eight years, mm-hmm. you know, this, this giant gap. So I get to graduate school <laughs> and um, now all of a sudden, I am acting again. And I played Thurio in uh, Two Gentlemen of Verona. Um, he's the sort of foppish lover that doesn't get the girls. Um, and this is sort of my first time acting as an adult. Um, and afterwards the professor was like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, I I didn't know that until I I had gone to him to ask for some advice afterwards. He's like, I had no idea that this was your first time um, acting as an adult. Um, And then from there, the the costuming, working on directing scenes, I I just started realizing that I had this skill set that I could really apply to theater. I had watched some art students make these sculptures by wrapping people in saran wrap and and then covering them in tape and then you create these like uh shells that you can then just cut off of them and tape back together and here's the sculpture and i was like you know what i bet i could use that to create a headless body for a play that we need a headless body for so I tried it and I stuffed it and, you know, I experimented with it. And then lo and behold, I put clothing on it. And uh, I had this really kind of lifelike until you touched it, but like, you know, looking headless corpse. And I was like, oh, I have a weird skill set <laughs> that, that I can really use in the theater. Um, well, again, I want to stop you just because I want to say... It isn't only I can do these things. It is I like doing these things. Yes, and I just loved... Yes! Loved everything that I was doing. So, um, when I graduated, the one thing that I didn't get to do while I was a student was direct. I had taken a directing class. um, I had directed scenes, but um, I hadn't directed. I had gotten a job at the American Shakespeare Center as a house manager. And... I'm working as the house manager, and I have a friend, uh, and I, I said, you know, I really like this play Hamlet Machine, um, which is a German um, Brechtian adaptation of Hamlet that is very bizarre. But it also it, it deals with some of the issues of women as victims. Like, it uses Ophelia to really mm. think about the things that Hamlet has done to her, but also the things that, like, society I was just going to say, not only Hamlet. My friend uh, Linnea said, that if you direct this, I'll be Ophelia. So I, I got together a couple of other friends, and for the cost of materials to build a coffin, I put on this weird adaptation of Hamlet. And uh, it, it was fantastic. We just had so much fun with it. <laughs> You know, it was this just really fun and bizarre thing we did together, and it was great. 
Um, and the weirdest part is, so I told my parents, like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I just wanted to let you know it's really weird and it's not going to be your, your cup of tea, but I'm doing this and I just wanted to let you know. They drove all the way to see this and when they showed up, I was mortified because I had my Hamlet um, flicking off the audience <laughs> at one point during the show. And I'm like, oh no, my parents are going to see me flicking off the audience. Uh, well, not me, but like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, something yeah, that I've directed where, where he's doing that. Um, uh, but they, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure they understood it, but they really appreciated you know, it, and they appreciated coming to see it. Um, and so that led to directing more shows. Um, and then uh, a year later, I moved down here to pick up this job at New College. And how did that um, happen? It was sort of by fluke that I was looking at the New College website to see if they had any theater offerings. Um, and almost the same day that I looked, they had posted a job for a technical director. And seeing as my background is in costume design, technical direction was not really uh, my forte, but... It's not that far away. No, it's not. And the other thing is that um, they had just built the black box theater at that point. And so that what they were really looking for was uh, someone to manage the theater. Just... Um, and as the playhouse manager at the American Shakespeare Center, I had been um, front of house, but I'd also been facilities manager you could do for a year. Stuff. So I um, applied for the job. I came down and interviewed for it. You know, I, I said, well, I can learn your lighting system right. and your sound system but what you need is a manager and I can do that right. um, because I can organize all of the pieces and parts. Um, and so for the past four years, I have been working with students. I oversee all of their productions. I direct one show a year, usually it's Shakespeare. I, I teach a class called The Basics of Theater Production. And so this class really teaches students how all of the behind the scenes pieces work together. So it gives them a chance to say like, ah, I'm interested now in costume design or set design or lighting design, and I want to pursue that further. Right. Um, and then this semester, I'm actually going to be teaching a costume design class. Um, and so that uh, will actually go a little bit more in depth with students into how to build costumes, but also how to create a world out of the costumes that these characters are wearing and how do you really tell the story of who they are just by looking at them. So that's what I'm doing at New College. Oh, something that occurred to me just a few minutes ago is that you have managed to integrate everything that you thought you wanted to do. Yes. Okay, so I have one more question. Yes. And it is, Having given a life to the theater, and you have given your entire life in one way or another to the theater, is there anything you would say about what that's like, what it means to you, what do you think about it? I love it, but it is a very difficult field, um, and it's very difficult to navigate. Um, and I think that that's something that I'm continuing to work on. There's so much theater out there that is entertainment. 
and that definitely has its place. The thread that I want to constantly be weaving is having it be entertaining and engaging, but also thought-provoking and a conversation starter. Using this dramatic literature to talk about how interpersonal relationships work or what it means to grow up and find your place in, in the world. Um, and those sorts of much more universal and much more personal themes. So that's the part of theater that I'm constantly working with is, is how to make it both really touching and at the same time really make you think. And how does that feel to you as a way to spend your life? I honestly can't think of anything else to do. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, it's, it's how I spend my free time, even when I have downtime. What am I going to do? Oh, I guess I'll work on my next project or I'll write some. <laughs> I'll write you know, a play. <laughs> I'll write a play. Even if I were to have a day job outside of the theater, it would still be something that I would come back to. It's what I'm drawn to. I couldn't do anything else. And that is a perfect place to stop. Great. Thank you so much. I love it. Even if I weren't working in the theater, I would still be drawn to it. I couldn't do anything else. This is the language that someone uses when they are the person they really are, when they are doing what they alone were meant to do. And I play these interviews in the hope that you will be asking yourself, is this how I feel about my life? Can I say I couldn't do anything else? If it isn't, the message of The Lynn Show is it may not be too late to recover what you might have had to hide, deny, forget about, and that I hope you will pursue that. As always, I hope you got something from this show that you can use something that inspired you, something that will make you want to come and see Monica's play, something that will bring you back, because I will be back, and as always, I sure hope you will be, too. You see, I'm getting older My hair is turning gray Oh, you see my face and figure I've both seen better days Well, I won't be Sight. No, I will not go gentle into that good night. I won't go with a whimper. I am going with a bang. Life's a song I keep on singing, not a tune that I once sang. I just keep returning like some goddamn Let someone else get on Well, I, I won't be relegated Or leave without a fight No, I will not go gentle 
into that good night I won't go with a whimper I am going with a bang Life's a bell I keep on ringing Not a chime that I once rang You may think it's unseemly Got some tang, so you won't hear me simper. I may have gotten limper, but I won't go with the whimper. I am going with a bang. 